Welcome everyone to Asian Pacific Voices Radio, where you'll find stimulating conversations that explore diverse topics and stories impacting our communities. I'm your host, Melissa May, and joining me today is a guest with superpowers. Well, almost. He brings superheroes to life, though. His name is Eric Wynn. He's been a staple of the comic book industry for over 20 years. He's worked for Marvel, DC, and every other major publication, drawing classics such as X-Men, Batman, and the Hulk. A graduate from the prestigious Art Center College of Design in Pasadena with a degree in entertainment and transportation design. Hi, Eric, and welcome to the show. How are you today? Good. How are you? And uh, thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. It's our pleasure, Eric. Thank you so much for being here. Before we jump into your very impressive career, tell us about your life growing up. Your family immigrated to the U.S. when you were just three years old, first in Texas and then later moved to California. How did your parents adapt to the new life, especially in Texas? And what was your life like growing up? Yeah, you know, um, my parents, we came here in uh, around 1975, you know, we're from, we're from Vietnam originally, and, uh, and we went to Texas because that's where actually, uh, surprisingly, a lot of people didn't know, but uh, we had great sponsors in Texas, and they helped us out there. I mean, without them, um, it, it would have been more difficult, but I think because of we had the great sponsors in Texas, and uh, at that time, it was it was amazing to have them. That w- and uh, we actually called them uh, Grandpa and Grandma because that's who they were. They were church going people in Texas, you know, and uh, very very uh, welcoming. So we actually had a great time in Texas. I actually, uh, if, if my family were not so rooted here in California, I, I would really like Texas to be honest. Well, that's always wonderful to hear. Now, when and what inspired you to become a professional comic artist? It's not the most common profession. And did your parents support <laughs> you when they first started? When you first started on this journey? Whew, yeah, uh, that's a that's 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 a long one. I come from a very traditional Asian uh, family. You know, um, the parents wanted me to be, you know, doctor, dentist, pharmacist, you know, all, all the sort of science educational background. Um, initially, when I this even started in Texas, um, I think I was in third grade. I, I won all these little art contests. When you're like a kid, you're doing all these projects and posters. Uh, and and I would win them, and it was just like a fun thing. But my parents were like, no, no art for you. So they took me out of art school, uh, I mean art classes back then, and put me into violin. So I played violin for a few years. Uh, then when we went to California, which um, became a little bit, the first class I took in middle school, they didn't know it, but I quit uh, violin. And I added myself to (laughs) to an art class. Exactly. So, you know, um, they didn't know about that until I went to high school. They took me out of art class again. So there was no art class for me in high school. So I I went straight into education. Asian family, you want education. I uh, ended up, you know, I graduated. Then I went to UC Davis. And again, uh, my major in study in UC Davis was biological science. I actually have a degree in biological science. What do I do with that now? I'm not quite so sure what I'm doing with that right now. <laughs> exactly zero. My last semester at UC Davis, I, I I had extra time, so I took one elective class, which was a studio art class. You know, I, yeah, I, ne- I never gave up on art. I just drew here and there, but that was it. Once I did that studio art class, uh, there was there was no going back. Uh, I graduated, and I said, "Look, here you go. 
here's your degree. Uh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pursue a career in art. And uh, mainly because, I, you know, uh, going through, you know, college and everything, you know, um, I still w- was interested in art. I, I looked at all sorts of art books and uh, comics and just film. I, I love all that stuff that had to do with design, entertainment, art. Uh, love those Disney books, how to draw uh, certain things in Disney. And so when I decided, I looked up uh, what were the best schools in uh, California for art. And uh, instead of going the traditional art route, I, I ended up going to a design school, which was the best decision, actually. If, if I were going to do art and, and encourage anyone to do art, um, leave out the, I mean, for me personally, leave out the artsy-fartsy type of school. Go to a trade school because they'll teach you how to uh, to actually work in an industry that is uh, art design. And so I, I ended up in Pasadena, which was the, the best school. I, I can't recommend it more than anything else. I, I have the best memories from Art Center. Um, the the rigor of Art Center is very much like a boot camp. You do it all the time. You're with people who, who love what they do. We would stay up all night building models, paint, uh, spray paint models, make things from hand. So you're, I, I learned to be an industrial designer more than I became an artist, and, you know, to learn how to uh, to make a living of it. You know, instead of just you, you do some art, then when you graduate, a lot of people, um, they would just have maybe a show or here and there, but uh, to translate it into uh, something where you can make a living from, um, Art Center was the best for me. It just seems like you had that, you got bit by that artistic bug from a young age and it kind of stayed with you your whole life, whether it was art or violin. Was there a point when your parents finally were like, we're proud of you, son. We're really proud of you. Was there a point when they kind of turned the page? Yes. It's it's so funny. Uh, maybe it's not a story that they, they would want me to, t- to really tell, but uh, when I graduated high school, um, I was like, ah, parents, do you want to go to my graduation? They're like, mm, do you want to go? I said, not really. So we, I didn't go to my high school graduation. <laughs> I graduated and everything. I didn't go to my high school graduation. When I when I graduated uh, UC Davis, they're like, we're going to your graduation. So I was like, ah, okay, fine. I do the walk uh, at UC Davis. And then, you know, you know, I told them, I'm going to do art. You can help me. You can support me or not. And so initially... Uh, they're very hesitant. You know, uh, my parents are very old school, traditional. They're very hesitant. So they told me to take a couple classes down there, and I did, and I kept up with it. And so they relented uh, at the end where they said, okay, we'll help you through Art Center, which at the time was, you know, it was expensive, but not not, not the not, not the cost these days. Whew, that, that, would, that would have been a different uh, conversation if, it, if we talked about it now. Um, but yeah, they, they, they but during the whole art center, they were saying, "Okay, what are you doing? Are you gonna be make? Are you gonna make money? Are how you gonna how are you gonna uh, support yourself? You know, all all the same questions." And uh, the only time where I actually felt that they finally understood it was when I had my grad show, uh, graduation show, where you put up all your work um, for all the terms that you uh, went there. You have your models. And the great thing about Art Center is um, when you do presentation, you actually do a nice presentation. It's not you you build your own set. You have your models there. You have lighting. It's almost like a gallery. It's a great show at the end of each term where uh, seniors 
present what they've done in the past uh, few years that you're there. And also it, it didn't, it, it, it made them a little bit more um, accepted is because uh, right before I graduated, I took a, a term off and did an internship at um, Johnson Controls, which was a transportation design uh, company, interior design company in Michigan. And so I did that for about six months. And so they're like, okay, you know, he, he's doing something with it and, and not just drawing silly pictures. So, Well, it's always good when you have support from your family. It just, I feel like, makes things so much easier. Um, are there many Asian oh, Pacific... Oh, for sure. Are there many Asian Pacific Islanders in your line of work? And did you have to face any challenges along the way that maybe made you turn, decide like, maybe I don't want to do this? And if so, what were they? And how did you overcome them? Well, honestly, in comics, um, in comics, there are quite a few, even very well-known popular Asian uh, artists. Uh, most um, notable is Jim Lee. Uh, he's actually, uh, he, cr- he created uh, Wildstorm Studios back in the day. He had the best-selling comic book uh, back in the day, uh, X-Men. His name is just synonymous with um, famous comic book artists. Uh, Jay Lee is also one of those um, who were uh, made a great name for, for themselves back in the uh, 90s and early 2000s. And um, again, like I said, Jim Lee. Now he, I think he's an executive director at DC Warner Brothers. So he, he's pretty, he's pretty well known there. And his work is still fabulous. He has a following that just loves his work. I mean, even though he doesn't do anything um, monthly or as far as title wise, though his his name is just uh, amazing. And so when I broke into comics, uh, it, that wasn't really a challenge. The challenge still to this day is is still building your own brand your style of art and uh that can still be tricky you know um style come and go um new generation like a certain um visual versus you know older generation so as an artist you, you still try to keep up to date with what people like or or what they might be um turning to so i so i find myself still um deciding and experimenting a lot. Is there something like if someone looked at a, a comic and was like, oh, that's definitely an Eric's, do you have kind of a style or certain things that definitely make your artwork unique? That's, that you know, that's, I say no, people say yes, because a lot of times when I do books, I actually change style quite a bit depending on the subject matter. Um, I'm very, I I consider myself very versatile. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, Sometimes I think it's a negative because I would go, if I'm doing a funny book, my style will be kind of lighthearted and uh, more colorful. When I'm doing a dark um, detective book like Batman, it would be dark and gritty. And so um, for me, I I think I changed a lot. And sometimes I think that, but a lot of people do say that uh, they, they do recognize my work. Uh, especially for my, which is weird, especially for my first creator own work, which was Strange Girl. And that was actually my first professional comic book. And uh, and it wasn't from Marvel DC. It was a creator own book. And I just went crazy on the art. I had no idea. I had, so the great thing was I had no uh, 
preconception of what the art should look like. So I just did whatever. And it turned out to be something that till this to this day, I, I still think that was more pure as far as the, uh, my style goes. And so I, I've been trying to get back to it, but depending on that project, it, it would never, never lend itself to that sort of freedom until now, until White Savior. Thankfully, you didn't really face any challenges in terms of, you know, being an Asian American and breaking into the comic world. But are you always so creative or have you ever experienced like a, a, a artistic block? And how did you work through that if you've ever had one? <laughs> oh, uh, I think every one of us has, has a block. I mean, um, we are our worst uh, critic. You know, I, I don't know anyone really who isn't as harder themselves than than the artists themselves. Um, and that, you know, it, it, it just comes with experience to try to work through that. And uh, and a lot of times I, I see that uh, that will be a challenge for any artist in any industry, whether it's design, uh, industrial design or just graphics. Um, but to be able to take criticism, work through them positively and not beat yourself up. Because a lot of times um, when I did Strange Girl, because that was my first one, I would read all reviews, right? People would love it. They think it's great. You'll have those people who say, oh my God, what is this guy doing? I mean, he's terrible. I mean, this isn't comic book art, you know? And so you get all those. You, and so you, you'll get people who will like your work and undoubtedly you'll get people who will not like your work. So you, you just have to know that throughout this whole world, uh, yeah, for some reason, we always stick to the negative ones, right? We always pause on that negative comment or negative review. But you know, you learn to work through it, and I think that's challenged through through all you know with all of us. Oh, sure. Whether you're a singer or a dancer or anything, I feel like sometimes that creative flow just there's a block and, and that's okay. And the fact that you're able to work through that, I feel like, like you said, is the most important thing. Now, you've worked with Marvel and DC drawing characters like Batman and the Hulk and Wolverine and so many others. What's that experience been like for you? Because it's the characters you're drawing are so iconic. Yeah. Uh, um, when you get to the character that you really enjoy, that that's one of the things that you will create a block to you. Cause um, I had a time where I was drawing uh, X-Men first class. That's like, wow, you're doing X-Men first class. And also it's one of the bigger books that I, I was starting on at Marvel too is, you know, um, I was, you know, X-Men first class. I mean, everyone knows X-Men and this is, and these were the first generation young kids X-Men. So I was like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to make this cool? And I'm thumbing through all everyone else's work and see, that's another problem. Don't thumb through people's work when you're trying to figure out your own work because <laughs> that that sort of influence can be negative sometimes because honestly, you don't want to be in, uh, influenced by someone else's work while you're trying to develop your own work. Um, the best way to, for me, I've learned is to, I, I have to look outside of art to get inspiration that will not affect my art. For example, I, I will. I love architecture. I love product design. Mm -hmm. I would look through graphics, architecture, industrial design, product design for some sort of inspiration. I love uh, like fashion magazines too. I mean, what they're doing in fashion magazines and graphics, uh, they're 
to me, they're, they're cutting edge. They're, the graphics that come out of those magazines are, are top notch. Um, and so I would get inspiration from that if I'm trying to look for a new um, approach to artwork. Oh, that's, it's so amazing. But going back you... to, uh, but yeah. No, no. Oh, sorry, um, I was saying, but going back to being, going back to being, uh, uh, you know, your favorite character. Yeah, um, you do get blocked, but then, you know, you do like a hundred sketches of that character. Then you get more, you get more comfortable with it. Then when the deadlines are coming up, you're like, okay, I'm gonna have to put something down on paper. So deadlines will help you get through it. Uh, doing repetitive work and just drawing, all the time will help you through it. So, so I don't know if it's like kids where you can't really pick your favorite, but you can kind of pick your favorite. But do you have a favorite character <laughs> that you like to draw, and why? Oh my goodness, I do. Uh, my co-creator and I, we 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 just did a comedy uh, book called White Savior, and the reviews on that have been great because it's a comedy book, even though it's a, a spoof on the whole white savior trope. And and what uh, what we're trying to do now is pitch a Deadpool book. Uh, we love Deadpool. Deadpool is made. I mean, we're the comedy that we're that we want to put into a Deadpool Deadpool book. Uh, if we get if we get what we're hoping for, uh, we're uh, we're actually doing some pitches now. So we'll see where it goes with Marvel. And uh, and if we can get a Deadpool book, man, that would be fantastic. I think we would rock on a Deadpool book. Oh, he's just such a unique, kind of an anti-hero, hero type character. I just think he's so comical and just so out of yes. so out of the box. That makes him so special. Well, um, you did talk a little bit about White Savior. Um, how long did it take you to create the book? Uh, well, the co-creator uh, emailed me out of the blue. He, he's new to the whole comic book industry. So he's been he's more of a comedy script writer that worked in uh, a little bit here and there in, in Los Angeles. Um, but he, he emailed, emailed me out of the blue about six years ago, seven years ago. And at that time, I was working on other books, so I didn't really have the time to uh, jump in on anything. But I did read his script, and man, um, his script was so funny. And uh, I knew that I, I wanted to work with him initially back then. Uh, it was just it just happened to be at the, um, the wrong time at the time to start something new like a creator own book. But when I had a little bit of time after the weekend's book. Um, I called him up and said, "Hey, let's do something." And uh, and we came up with White Savior. Uh, the title itself was something that we thought was funny at the time, and we were actually poking fun at the White Savior trope uh, that uh, Hollywood's been doing, where a a person that is not familiar with the culture and not and doesn't look like them come in and they save the culture, they save the world that other people are living and so uh, and so we thought that was kind of funny we were actually kind of um uh, reacting to that movie the wall i don't know if you remember it but it's the matt damon uh, movie where um uh i i love matt damon by the way i mean I i'll watch anything that he's in and so when he when that came out we just thought it was so funny that uh um matt damon goes in and he and he and he just saves china saves the wall saves everything about and so you know that we were kind of uh, uh saying okay what if the, this person who came 
to to save everyone was actually uh, actually kind of an idiot, you know, and and no one should be listening to him. And so that's that's where we came up with the whole white savior uh, idea. Oh, I can't wait because the concept sounds intellectual and hilarious at the same time. And those are like my two favorite things, things that teach you things, but things that also make you laugh, which (laughs) it sounds like that's encompassing that. Well, for those that don't know, you don't just work in the comic book space. You've also worked for some pretty well-known video games as well. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? Yeah. uh, When, when, when I finished school, I went straight into gaming. Uh, I went straight into becoming a concept artist. And so, which again, one of those things right before I, even before I graduated, I got a, uh, a job. <laughs> so, uh, which, helped, you know, my parents then, okay, he can actually get a job <laughs> doing art. So that kind of helped as well. So, um, so when I finished uh, Art Center, I went straight into a game studio in uh, San Diego called Presto Studios. And they uh, developed uh, uh, games for, at the time, they were, partnering with Microsoft uh, Gaming to do one of their first Xbox Live game. And uh, and so I was hired uh, as a concept artist for that studio, and I went straight right into it. And that's that's the great thing about ArtCenter. They, they actually prep you to be a working professional right when you, right when you uh, get out of school. Um, so I... I, I I became a concept artist. I developed two uh, environments uh, for that game, I, which was uh, initially I, w- I was assigned to do my own. Then I actually went in and kind of um, uh, kind of helped out with another one that was that you know just needed a little bit more push creatively to to make it work. So um, great time. I, I love being a concept artist. But then uh, I started doing some freelancing uh, comic work and. And that's when I knew that I, I wanted to veer off and, and do uh, comic work where I can create my own property and own it. When you work for a studio, anything that you do uh, belongs to that studio. You can sketch something, you can create something while you're working, and you know it, it, it probably belongs to someone else and not you. Uh, this day and age, if you create something where you can where you own the rights to it, it's much more beneficial. And that's why uh, I think. A lot of the comic creators are now uh, doing their own creator own work just because there might be a chance you'll see it on Netflix or even a movie. Absolutely. So you've done a lot of really great things, whether it's Halo or DC or Marvel. What would you say is your greatest accomplishment, though? I, a little birdie told me that it might have to do with uh, R&B Superstar of the Weekend. Yeah, it's it's one of those crazy things that that happens where you get a call. I got I got I got a call from Marvel, and they're saying uh, we have this special project coming up, and um, and it's they actually they did not say the weekend initially. They called him Abel, and I was like, uh, I was because I know only the weekend from the weekend, but his real name is Abel, right? And they're like, Abel. I was like, oh. I was like, what what what's the special project with Abel? Then when uh, when they told me it was the weekend, I was like, oh. You know the weekend. You know what? Everyone. I, I found out that so many people wanted that job, but it turned out that uh, that um, he chose. Well, his either he chose me or his team chose me. Whatever the fact, whatever the case was, uh, they offered it to me, and man, that was that was amazing uh, to be able to do to work with someone 
even remotely associated, you know, with the weekend. Uh, I think um, uh, in hindsight, man, it, it, it would have been, you know how we are, right? Asians, when we get a job that was so important, we, we work hard for it, right? And so I, I spent a lot of time, too, maybe too much time um, um, secluded working on it versus I should have been out there, you know, on Instagram or something, you know, and, and doing all that sort of uh, thing. But, you know, nah, hindsight, you know. So you created a, a comic book for him? Yeah, he he had a uh, a uh, an idea for a comic book create uh, comic book character, and he partnered up with Marvel to uh, publish it. and uh, And I think it was going to be part of the Marvel universe. Uh, the book name was Starboy, and uh, and that was one of his. Um, that was like a character, kind of being kind of a little bit reminiscent of the weekend, and uh, and. I think the story was fantastic. The direction I think he gave us was great. It, it, it to me, I, I think it was it was a, it was a great uh, opportunity and also experience working with uh, uh, people outside of the comic book industry. You know, coming from music and being such a big name as it, you know as the weekend. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, getting down to the nitty gritty, do you have any words of advice or? maybe some tips or tricks you'd like to give not only DC Marvel fans, but maybe the younger d- generation that is aspiring to do what you do as a comic artist. Yeah. A quick thing that I mean, I'm, I've, I'm asked this a lot. And a lot of times the, the main thing about being any artist, a comic book artist, a, 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 a graphic artist or anything really is, is to try and, and find your own style, but also do not let, other people's comments get you down. Um, again, you'll get people who love your work. You'll get people who do not like your work. And so uh, you have to disassociate yourself sometimes with the negative negativity that happens all the time. Um, you'll see styles like from like you, you see animation for like what's that um, Bart Simpson, right? It's very you think initially it's very rudimentary. It's not, but that style worked. And the people who created are geniuses, right? I mean, but it's not your, what you would consider academic art. And so uh, style, uh, just try to communi- communicate your ideas. And again, some people will, will dislike and not understand what you're trying to do. But others, you never know. You might be the next creator of a Simpson. You might be the creator of um, uh, of a next Disney movie. So you know, you don't know. You just don't know. Aim high, right, Eric? Aim high. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, for those who would like to learn more about your work or keep in touch with you, um, do you have a website or some social media that our listeners can go to? Yeah, my uh, Twitter and my Instagram handle is Eric is at Eric Nguyen Art. So you know, you go there. You can ask me anything. I I always help up and coming artists with questions or how to's or something. I have no problem. I actually like mentoring new artists because a lot of times I think this day and age, this, this generation, um, art isn't, art should be a little bit. Um, I remember having art classes in school. I don't think I have, I don't even think they have art classes in school anymore. My, at least my kids do not. So it's one of those things where I think it's something that should be promoted uh, rather than, you know, just academics. 
Absolutely, Eric. Well, unfortunately, our time is almost up. I want to thank our guest, Eric Wynn, for joining me today on today's show. Thank you for having me. It's been amazing. Thank you, Melissa, for doing the hosting. Absolutely. It is my pleasure. And we would love to hear from you, our valued listeners, about any suggestions for future guests or topics. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, as well as follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Asian Pacific Voices Radio is produced by Asian Culture and Media Alliance, a nonprofit that empowers our Asian and Pacific Islander communities with a voice through media arts. If you would like to support our program, please visit AsianPacificVoicesRadio.com. I'm your host, Melissa May. Please join us again next week for another exciting and thought-provoking Asian Pacific Voices radio show. Thanks for listening and take care, everyone.